Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> it's not the morning. It is in the evening, which is the new time for the morning show. So welcome, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today we're going to talk about woodworking. We're going to answer lots of questions. I'm the birthday boy today. Happy and uh, Thank you. And that means that we're going to have a relatively short show. Uh, but we will get hey, right. Hey, the clock's it, right. It is. I, I just checked it and adjusted yep. it because it wasn't right. Uh, but we will get right into the good stuff as soon as Nicole shows the sticker. So, Ness, I got your sticker. Uh, oh, microphone's off. Sorry. So I'm talking. No. Just the uh, <laughs> the laptop mic. So, Naz, I got your sticker. I'm actually going to put it up right here. Boop. Well, not. Oh, I thought that was glue. It's like. It is glue. It's dry glue. Uh, it's dry glue. Yeah. So I'll just take this backing okay. off and put Ness on our back wall here. Okay, okay. Thank you, Ness. Uh, yeah, I assume the audio sounds good now. Sorry about that. Uh, you that think after. How many well, while, years? While we were waiting, it actually switched inputs, which, uh, you know, it's electronics. What are you, you know, do? what are you going to do? Uh, Al says 29 and holding. Well, actually, what happened was when I hit 40, I started counting backwards. Oh, did you? So pretty soon, That's, I'm going to be 35. You're doing a Benjamin Button thing. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. <laughs> it's weird sitting next to you. I know, usually I'm used like. to standing. Um, but hey, thank you everybody for all the birthday wishes. You guys were awesome. I got a lot of uh, messages on Instagram and uh, you know email and everything. So you guys were uh, pretty uh, pretty nice about it. Pretty, and pretty Mark nice. found his birthday gift for me the other day. So I didn't have anything to give him. Yeah, there you go. I've got a little... Uh, like an alcove storage thing outside the, the shop over there that is just for like long-term storage of outdoor stuff. And I go in there because we needed to find some plastic sheeting to make the calls for the veneer press. And uh, I haven't been in there in probably six months. And, and I opened this thing up and that's I'm like, why I put it there. Why is there a camping hammock in here? Nicole. <laughs> a foldable hammock. Yeah, and she's like, happy birthday. Yeah. It's like, here we so go. Many, so many birthdays have been ruined like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all good. Happy birthday. So Merry we wanna, Christmas. We want to thank some people who helped us out uh, by supporting the show, becoming either a uh, member on YouTube or a Patreon subscriber. Mm -hmm. And both of them are sort of like voluntary subscriptions. Um, you will also get some bonus content if you sign up for those. I'm going to take the stupid hat off. It's like pinching into your, <coughs> yeah, no. your bottom. My, my Peppa Pig hat. Uh, so it's kind of like um, you know a little bit of extra content here and there. We just released a sort of extended... Uh, it's kind of a, just one long outtake uh, yeah. from the ladder build video, which is pretty pretty funny. The, the, we were finishing, right? <clears throat> yeah, we're in the middle of doing yeah. some finishing. Uh, but I want to thank some people who signed up for that. D. Peterson, Cam PCS, Joseph Albiston, Jeff, uh, I'm sorry, Jess, Jess Tuton, Tutin. I'm Tutin. Tutin. Once in a while. Mm. Uh, John S., Norm Cook, Alan Zier, Ben's Woodcraft, and uh, Jonas Crockfoss. There you go. Man. Thank we got, you. We've got some interesting names up in, we, the, up in here. <clears throat> not that I should talk. I was going to say, I, couldn't, I could not pronounce your last name for over a month. You still can't pronounce <laughs> our name. Spag something. I'm like, how do you say your last name? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's get to Brad Longston's question. He says, regarding the jointer, uh, jointer table length, is there a general rule of thumb regarding how long a workpiece you can join on a particular jointer. For instance, if the piece is longer than X times the table or longer, uh, it's too long. Also, does this differ between edge and face jointing? 
I don't know if there's a rule of thumb. There probably is. And if you, you know, if you dig around, you might find somebody who has a rule of thumb. For me, generally speaking, um, you know, I, I generally don't want to do much more than an eight footer. You know, once you start to get to an eight footer, even on my big 12 inch jointer, that can start to be problematic. Um, but the reason I don't really assign a rule to this is the variable that really makes a difference here is the board that you're jointing, not just the length, but how bad out of shape is it, right? So if you have a board that's, you know, really bad like this, a lot of that board will be hanging off or, or I think worse yet is something where it's like a compound situation. Uh, if a lot of that's hanging off the edge, as you're pushing it forward, the board can kind of rise up as it hits the end feed table and then come back down. So it's totally, in, you know, inaccurate. So what I usually wind up doing for the longest boards is, you know, and again, this, I'm throwing a tool at this, but you could use a hand tool to do this as well, a hand plane. Um, I will pre-joint a surface or an edge with a track saw. Right, so if I can get that pretty darn close to flat, then if it's like an, even a 10-foot board, I can still joint that pretty well on my jointer. But the more out of shape it is, the longer those beds need to be to account for that shape and joint it out. So it's always a good idea to try to get these things relatively flat, relatively straight, uh, before you even hit the jointer. Got a nice uh, super chat from Robert Price. Congrats on the exonerable March of Time, AKA your birthday. Both days. There Boyth he is, Robert Price. Well, thanks, thanks Robert. Robert, I appreciate it. Oh, this is like uh, when you're a kid, you get the birthday monies. You get, oh, like, yeah. You open a card from your aunt, it's got five <gasps> bucks in it. I, oh man, I you love guys, those days. I need to remember, I really need to remember to start sending Giving more. me money? No. Oh. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going with this. To us. send birthday cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Scott Miller sent a, a super chat. Very nice. Thank Thanks, you, Scott. Scott. If you have a question, throw it in there. Oh, there it is. He says, thank you for inspiring my underwear uh, selection. Armachillo, baby. Oh, yeah. I think I'm wearing some armachillos <laughs> yeah, right you, now. Yeah, you are. That was a game changer. I mean, I had always just like cotton Hanes or whatever. Yeah. Like You still have some of those. Yeah, but like we slowly but surely years started to replace those with the uh, Duluth underwear. Yep. That might, might have been one of the best ad relationships we ever had. <laughs> yes. Because it introduced me, like me to some new well, things like that. I, I thought you had the armachillos before we even did the ad thing. That's right. I did yeah. start to... Uh, that was like... I flirted with Duluth gear <laughs> yes. because someone recommended their pants. And yep. then I tried some undies. And then luckily they came across as a sponsor. So good, good <laughs> fortuitous time. It timing. was a nice fit. It really was, as are their underwear. You got the questions from the YouTube post. Yep, I did. Okay, good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, let's get to our next one. Andrew Slaughterback says, I'm going to build your outdoor sitting bench, and I had a question on the legs. I have a piece of eight-quarter wood that I could use for the legs. Is it more? Is it more of a waste or a bad idea to glue two of these together instead of three boards at a four-quarter, which is what I did in the video? I could try and resaw the eight-quarter down to four-quarter, but I haven't tr uh, haven't tried that skill yet. Right, I'm going to show you a picture here. Here's a picture. This is from the video. It's called Outdoor Sitting Bench, I believe, yeah. um, if you guys want to check that one out. I was pregnant with Ava. That's right. There's a little funny <laughs> little uh, skit there at the beginning that was cute. Um, I'm going to put the link. I guess, can I put links in the chat? Yeah, you should be able to. Okay, there it is in the chat. So if you want to go see that, you know, maybe not right now, um, or, or just watch <laughs> it with us. and come back. There's the glue up. It's three, four quarter boards. Well, the reason I did that is because, well, two reasons. The material I had, I only had four quarter stock, right? So I was kind of stuck with that. The other thing was the target thickness of those legs. I was trying to get to two and a quarter. And what's three times three quarters, Nicole? I have no idea. It's two and a quarter. 
So it just the math worked out. So if you want to use eight quarter to get there, you can do that. You either have to thin both of your eight, qu eight quarter boards down a little bit more, then put them together so you have a final size of uh, two and a quarter, or you have to just glue them together and cut them down and then your glue joint just moves off center, which isn't the end of the world either. Um, but my, my reason was just practicality when mm -hmm. I did that. But no, no problem going with eight quarter uh, and gluing those two together. <clears throat> Timothy Harris just did a super chat and said, I got the mask, but I haven't tried it out yet. Thanks again. Oh, from, uh, yeah, parcel safety. Parcel safety. So I think that coupon code that they gave us, Mark25, for their website is still good for another week. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious about parcel safety, I put, if you missed last week's show, I actually clipped that portion out mm -hmm. about the a uh, uh, face mask and put it on our Amazon store on amazon.com slash shop slash the wood whisperer and underneath the videos I've actually chopped up a lot of the demos and reviews that you've done yeah not all of them I'll get there yeah we'll get there eventually <laughs> so thank you Timothy uh, another question here from black goat <laughs> woodworking he says planning to build some Adirondack chairs and have a uh, white oak and sapili stock to choose from uh, they'll be on a covered porch, so no rain, some sun. What would you recommend? Well, I mean, those look very different. What do you like? Both are, um, you know, fairly decent outdoor woods, rot resistant. They hold up pretty well. It's really a question of which one you like better, what looks better to you. Um, I think if I were choosing between those two, I'd go Sapili. Uh, I've used some white oak. I've seen some white oak do some things outside in spite of its rot resistance. I've seen it do some things I don't like. Um, I think I would prefer Sapili in that application, but that's just me. I do think both would be fine, especially in a covered situation, limited exposure. I think it, either one will be okay. I got a question here from Michael C. He said, what do you think of the quality of jointer slash planer combo machines? If you pay less than $1,000, they'll be crap. If you pay more than that, you might get something decent. Um, the problem is the smaller benchtop ones that cost less than a good quality single of one of those things, an individual tool. How do you get two of those and all that extra functionality and still have a good tool? A lot of times you can't. So they, is it shaky? Is it like plastic parts? Yeah. You know, just not a lot of stability uh, with it. You have a lot of uh, calibration issues with these things. Gotcha. And they can get you by. I, we always make fun of. Well, I say we, I'm talking about myself. I make fun of Cremona. Uh, when he first started, I think he had a jet combo. I believe it was a jet combo, mm -hmm. one of the benchtop versions. And uh, it's fine. If it gets you by and, and you can deal with it, that's fine. But generally speaking, you want a combo machine, you're going to have to spend a decent amount to get a decent one. Mm -hmm. um, you can use one as a starting point, but a lot of times they just end up in frustration. And I would hate for you to hate this hobby just because the tool is problematic. Sure. So I think you got to spend a few bucks. I think you want a floor standing model um, minimally, and I think you'd be happier. Okay. Uh, oh, I've noticed, this is Sebastian Marchand. He says, I've noticed you use a top platen board when applying veneers. Have you tried using breather mesh instead? Is that what you're doing right now? You're veneering? Mm -hmm. A lot of veneering. A lot of veneering. So this is breather mesh, and I've only dealt with one brand. Uh, this is from veneersupplies.com. And I have used this in the past. I've used it for a couple different things. Um, in the case of a, a veneered panel, I may use this at some point, but the reason I didn't use that is because this stuff has a memory, right? It, uh, it's a little bit difficult to keep it nice and flat. And when you're dealing with a, a very thin raw veneer corner and something like this was actually, it's pretty rigid plastic. Is that what this is? 
right here? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll link to it in the Vacuum in the chat. Vacuum breather mesh net. Yeah. Uh, you can very easily get that snagged on a uh, corner where you just have some very fragile veneer. Uh, so trying to get that thing positioned over top of there would have been a pain in the butt. I probably should do something. There's probably with maybe a little bit of heat, pressing it between two pieces of plywood or something. Maybe I could flatten that out just so it doesn't retain its folds. Um, but that's why I don't use it. I find it to be temperamental uh, and making a nice clean platen is, uh, I just get better results. It's more predictable. That will work though. Uh, breather mesh is pretty cool stuff. Pretty, pretty cool. Brad Quaid. <laughs> Another beginner's question about the quilt ladder and the zero clearance fence. How did you attach the fence to the miter saw? I didn't see any clamps. Double stick tape, what's your secret? I'm telling you, you need to do a video showing how you tune that sucker up. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, on that particular saw, I think I use double stick tape. Many uh, miter saws will have holes in the fence. You may not even notice them at first, but take a look. I know in my Festool, there's a couple of holes in the back. So you could put your fence material up against it and apply some like pan head screws from the back and that just kind of pulls it nice and tight. Um, but it depends on the model, right? But in that case, double stick tape. Got a nice super chat from Eris Air, Woodworking. A, a, is that Eris? Is that how you pronounce that? Eris. 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 Thanks, Eris. Two, two morons. Pronounce a name. <laughs> uh, no question. Just glad to participate yeah, live. I bet you there's a lot of new people. It's a different time that we're... Uh, yeah, I think over the course of nice, the weeks. Uh, six at least. There's at least six that didn't expect us to be live and yeah. weren't happy about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, we had a, we had a, we had a, a, maybe a new person. I don't know, but yeah. someone who told me that I need to get rid of you oh. uh, because oh you're weird. You're weird. And he says I'm weird, but at least I'm talented. <laughs> and then I said, "There's probably one thing you should never do, and that is insult a man's wife." <laughs> yeah. Because you're lucky you're not in front of me. Well, and if it wasn't for me, we we wouldn't even be here. You're half of the show. <laughs> You're, you're half. You're more than half of this business. Yeah. This guy's a moron. Yeah. He was obviously banned, and I'm hoping he's watching this. He can't leave a comment because he's been banned, but he may see oh, this. Oh, he'll probably make another account. Uh, yeah, he might. <laughs> but what a jerk! What a loser! Okay. It's all right. Uh, oh, here's a question. I think I can. Why? Answer. Why do you want to? Why? Why wouldn't you want to be a little weird? Well, I, I was. I start. You know, hey, look. This is how it goes. Yeah. I write three replies. Oh yeah. And I delete it. And I write it. And I delete it. And I go. What would Nicole say? She would say, "Don't engage." Don't engage. Just take action. Yet here's what we're doing. So I typed it several times to make myself feel better. And in all of those times, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, "Yeah, she's weird. That's why we <laughs> like her, right?" And it's Aries. 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 Okay. Aries great. woodworking. Thank you, Aries. Uh, Robert Randall has a question. He says, what do you think of Izzy's new parallel clamp panel clamp invention? I think it's cool. Um, it's like a scissor action. Have you ever it, seen those dividers? Yeah. Right? The, like, you spread them and it's Accordion even. kind of thingy. Yep. So this is something that you put your parallel clamps on. Uh, it kind of stays together as a bundle. Throw it on the bench. Boom. Open it up. I think it's great for people who do a lot of panels and a lot of panels of a particular size. I think for someone like me, not necessarily good because I need all my clamps. I need them to be accessible at all times and I don't just use them for panels. So if I had four clamps tied up in one of those contraptions, um, it would just not be as useful to me for my type of woodworking. But there are people who do a lot of panels and if you do a lot of panels within the size range that you have in those clamps, um, it's gonna be great. And especially if you've ever thought about putting some kind of a permanent clamp, uh, you know, some kind of a clamping setup in your shop, but you just don't have the room, 
well, that's a solution for that. It's kind of like a clamp, permanent clamp setup, but you don't have to keep it out all the time. It's just folded, put it on the bench, open it up. Anyway, it's Izzy Swan. Uh, he just posted this on mm -hmm. his Instagram and Facebook, um, and I guess he's going to have pre-orders opening up oh, pretty soon for that. So, so he's actually going in production. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right-handed uh, right creations, Connell, is in the chat, and he said, any advice on how to stop my face vice from racking top to bottom? Uh, I would have to like inspect this thing. I'm not like very mechanically inclined in a sense. So when I look at a vice, I'm not going to be like, oh yes, of course, that's the, uh, you have to plug the doohickey into the dingle hopper. <laughs> I would have to inspect it and find out what is the reason why you're getting this kind of, um, you know, it's not staying parallel uh, or it's not coplanar, but parallel planes to whatever you're clamping it to. Uh, so is the, is the screw off kilter is the mount a little bit off. Could you shim the mount and send the screw in a different direction? Uh, or is it something where, you know, maybe just simply milling a tapered wooden uh, jaw face or something in there to compensate for whatever it is? There's all kinds of solutions, but I think I need to dig deeper to see what's actually happening there. So, Alan sorry, wants to know if this answer. is going to be the standard day and time for the chat. Yes. For now. For now. Um, Mark's voice is better at night. And can't you tell? <laughs> How's that? It's pretty great. <laughs> so soulful. And it's actually kind of nice not to f be frantic Friday morning trying to get the kids to school, trying to get, like, it's just a cra crazy time of day. It's honey in your voice tonight, Raul. <laughs> what movie is that from? Free Guild Project to anybody who can tell me what movie that's from. Honey in your voice, Raul. There's honey in your voice tonight, Raul. Oh, God. And if I, that's not the exact quote, it's close. It's pretty close. And I don't somebody's going to get a guild project. Yeah. And if, if there isn't someone, then uh, I'm going to be disappointed. Honey, I, I mean, you could probably just Google <laughs> the quote. Maybe. It's, it's if, pre, if, if you didn't get it right. It's pre, like, big, you know, internet was just beginning. But they've, they've taken care. Like, IMDB has a lot of, like... You know, notable yeah, sure, quotes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I got you. So. All right, more questions. All right, um, more questions. Look, 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 look. Scott is building a wall hanging cabinet for the bathroom. Added some cherry veneer plywood and solid cherry. It can get pretty hot and steamy in there, if you know what I mean. Well, I know what he means. Mm. Hot water makes steam, <laughs> is what he's saying, Nicole. What finish would you recommend for bathroom fixtures? Well, the thing to remember about bathroom steam is it's very transient. It's only there for a short period of time, and unless you have... Uh, if you know ventilation issues or you don't have vents in your bathroom, it may stay there for a while, but it's still going to dissipate. There, there are exceptions to that. Uh, we actually don't have any fans in our bathroom. Did you know that? In the toilet? No. I thought there was a, a toilet no, fan in no. the toilet. Well, the toilet has a filter. Okay. So it's, uh, it's pulling the poop air <laughs> through a carbon filter. Yeah. And as you have noticed, when our son uses it, oh my God, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> or maybe it is working, and that's just how bad it that's is. That's our son. But uh, when we take showers, it does, you know, the humidity kind of pulls its way through. But when we open up the bathroom door, it goes into the rest of the bedroom and kind of dissipates quickly. Uh, so usually, I don't actually think you need to go through any crazy great pains unless you are getting standing water and long exposure of that humidity in those environments. I don't think you really have to go too nuts with it, but a lot of people will use 
a marine varnish, they might take a marine varnish and spike like a wiping varnish with it or make their own wiping varnish out of marine varnish um, or use something like teak oil, basically just the finish that has a little bit of flexibility to it. So if the wood is expanding and contracting rapidly, um, the finish isn't going to crack under that, uh, that kind of abuse. So I, I have lots of movie uh, okay. suggestions. So okay. Big Willie said Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Joe Adams family, Matthew. Matthew Ka- got it. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, nice Matthew job. Bouse, cable guy. <laughs> it is the cable guy. It was when they were doing karaoke at the party. And he says, you had honey in your voice tonight, Raul. <laughs> so Matthew, I'll get you a guild project. Nicely done, man. Nicely done. Is that Matthew that does our show notes? It is Matthew who does our show notes. Isn't he disqualified? He no, kind of works no. for us, like in a way. Yeah, but he, I'm just kidding. he got it. He deserves it. Uh, okay, Craig has a super chat. Is there a question here? Here we go. Uh, would you prioritize a helical head cutter planer over a jointer, jointer or vice versa? Is one more important than the other? Okay, so you, you threw in helical head, and I was thinking you were asking about that, but it seems like the simpler question here. You're asking, is a planer or a jointer, or a jointer more important? I have an article on my website that I wrote uh, probably in like 1923 um, that is, <laughs> should you buy a planer or a jointer first? <laughs> I'm always a fan of getting the planer first. Uh, the jointer will give you a nice square edge. You could flatten a face, uh, but then what? All right. So the jointing operations can be done by other tools. You could do it with a router. You could do it with a table saw, with a sled. Um, what I like about the planer is even if you buy pre-milled stock, which in the beginning you probably are buying some of that, you could resurface it, you could thin it down. Uh, the planer is just going to be much more handy, in my opinion. Um, so I think the planer is more versatile initially, but really you don't unlock the power of it until you have the jointer to go with it. But uh, again, always I would go planer first. Unless maybe there's some special work you're doing. <laughs> uh, Jim Ashley is in the chat and uh, did a nice super chat. Jim, how you and doing, And I have man? to agree with him. He says, it's been a while since I caught it live. Uh, weird, weird is, is a, a compliment, compliment in our house. Totally agree, man. I think it is, too. Uh, I actually strive to make sure the kids know it's okay to be weird. Yeah. And being what society calls weird means that you're just kind of uh, exploring your inner geek. You're, you're getting passionate about things. Yeah. You're caring, you know. That's what weird people do. Let's all be a little more weird. Yeah. I like movies. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently not cable guy. Uh, John McCarthy says, are you happy with your Veritas low angle Jack or do you miss your Lee Nielsen? Well, look, they're both, they're both great planes. Um, I don't miss the Lee Nielsen because Veritas makes a very good quality, comparable quality plane. Um, I like the, I like the Veritas. I mean, you get PMV 11 with Veritas. Truth be known, I don't use my planes enough for me to be like, oh yeah, that PMV 11, that's the stuff so much better than, than, uh, you know, a two steel. It's, they're both great, all right? But, you know, I'm happy with what I have. I don't see myself doing anything different. And I certainly won't, like, go back to Lee Nielsen. Um, <laughs> maybe until... Well, I can't say that. I always change my mind, just for fun. Yeah. For funsies. Hey, so if you're new here and you're wondering, what is this? Uh, Did we why aren't they building something? Why is he wearing a Mickey Mouse jacket? <laughs> we still build stuff on this channel. We just have a live component to it as well. So. Oh, well, if you don't know that, I mean, we've been doing this for years. And we had a 2014. Se- we had a second channel where we separated everything so that people who were bothered by the live shows wouldn't have to be bothered by them. Yeah. Uh, but then we got to the point where we're like, well, suck it up, people. It's our channel. And plus, I wanted to do barbecue. <laughs> so the other channel is now barbecue. And you know what? This is this. is We're a family show. This is what we do. This is all yeah. part of the Wood Whisperer 
um, you know, venture. And, uh, and we love it, and it deserves to be in the forefront. I agree. Okay, what's where's my next question? I don't oh, know. I got some questions here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, okay, Karen. Karen G says, "I'm spring cleaning my shop. Uh, can you do mine when you're done, please? Uh, and I can't find a good way to organize and store my spindle sanding sleeves for easy access, uh, so that they don't fly away when I blow out my shop. Any suggestions? And what about blades?" Table saws, uh, you know, folded bandsaw blades. Is it okay to lay these flat in a drawer? As always, thanks for your advice. Really appreciate it. Okay, so, you know, for my spindle sleeves, I just have a little shelf and mine are in there. Now, the key is, you know, I've got some larger ones. So you always, I'm sure you are doing this, but you nest them, right? You take the smaller diameter ones, put them inside the larger diameter. That gives the whole thing a little bit more weight uh, and should keep them fairly stable. If that's not enough, you know, you could always put some, you know, go to the the box store, grab a big dowel, get a two by four, pop that thing in there, uh, and then you've got something for those to kind of sit on. And they'll they'll knock back and forth a little bit, but they're not going anywhere. Um, That's probably what I would do. If you're talking about the really thin ones, then go the opposite direction. Get yourself maybe a little PVC, small PVC cutoff pipe. Uh, put that on it. Everything's got to go on a 2x4, by, by the way, because we're a practical show. Okay? Why, why a 2x4? Because they're cheap. Oh, okay. Actually, they're not right now. I was Never mind. It. <laughs> Just go buy a piece of maple. It's probably cheaper. Uh, but, you know, put that PVC down into a 2x4 and then put your skinny little sleeves inside that PVC, like a 2-inch PVC pipe or something. I don't know. Just a couple ideas for you. Uh, as far as blades go... Yeah, you can lay your table saw blades flat, but you got to be careful. You don't want those teeth knocking up against each other. Um, they are not happy when they do that. So you might just grab some thin cardboard, put a piece of cardboard between each, uh, each blade, and then stack them up that way. Um, and for the bandsaw blades, I find those best to be on the wall. Uh, just a hook on the wall, wrap them up, do the whole folding technique, put a little bit of tape around them, um, just hang them on the wall, and they'll be fine. I uh, got a question here from... Uh, I can't say his name. Mm-hmm. Bishop, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, it's either me butchering your name. He just wants to know, or she, uh, what your favorite Adirondack chair finish is. These days I'm going with hard wax oils. Yep. Right? I'm um, using a lot of Osmo products. Uh, I just like, I found that film finishes disappoint me. They usually disappoint me. So I'm going Especially hard wax outdoor, oils. right? Yep. That's exactly, yeah. exactly the situation. Uh, okay, well, we're running short on time, and I still have a lot of questions. And we just got a super chat. (laughs) Antoine Roland says, uh, what do you use or recommend for your tools, joiner table saw, to protect the metal from rust? It's pretty humid down here in Atlanta. I use Renaissance wax, Mm -hmm. or sometimes you get, like, um, uh, not blade, uh, glide coat, right? Mm -hmm. It's a aerosol can. I, I spray that on here. Keep in mind, I'm in a very dry area. My cast iron needs minimal, absolutely minimal maintenance to prevent rust because it's so dry. Um, other places you might be using things like T9 Bow Shield mm-hmm. is a product I, I used to use. I mean, I have you some still there. Have. I just don't yeah. use it that often. Uh, there are other rust preventative products out there, but T9 Bow Shield and a coat of wax is probably a good a good way to go, at least the starting point. Okay, Kurt Allen, just finished the taper maker. Thanks for the kit. Having a little trouble with the cork sticking to the hold downs. I use 3M Super 77 spray adhesive. Is contact cement any stronger? Okay, this is actually a product. We haven't talked about this in a while, yeah. but here you go. This is uh, at TWWstore.com. Uh, we have a taper maker. It's a kit, basically. Mm-hmm. You buy the hardware, the plans. You get a digital plan. You get a, uh, a set of templates or, I'm sorry, patterns that you could use to make all these parts. But you get the hardware, and, right? Yep, you get the hardware, and you see that little uh, those little clamps, the mm-hmm. hold downs? There's cork on there. 
So to answer his question, uh, yeah, I actually do find that contact cement is stronger. What did you use on yours? Contact cement. There yep. you go. So I haven't had any problems. I haven't had any peel back on mine. Um, you know, the 77 and they even have what? Is it 90? I forget uh, the next level up. Um, they work for certain things, but for when you're trying to wrap cork around a pretty small radius piece of wood, you want something a little bit more heavy duty and, uh, you know, classic contact cement is a good way to go. I'll put the link directly to the taper maker so you can check it out. Cool. Ben's Woodcrafts. Yeah, we're ripping through the questions today. Uh, with all the free time that the pandemic has created for me, I've spent a lot of time woodworking. Uh, me too. What's the best way to get better at woodworking quickly? Apprenticeship? College classes? Workshops? Yes. All of them. Are, are all of those available to you? I mean, I would suspect that you probably have a smaller menu of choices than that. Um, if you do have all those available to you, well, then great. Uh, I actually think apprenticeships are fantastic if you could find a if you could find one if you could find a good one, especially if it's paying. Yeah, I a mean, paid uh, apprenticeship. learning directly on the job from uh, someone who's been doing it for a long time is a fantastic way to learn. Uh, short of that, classes are great if you have access to a college like a Palomar College or mm-hmm. uh, you know Red Rocks or yep. you know that they have a good woodworking program. That's a fantastic way to do it as well. Workshops are okay, but it's going to be hit or miss. Taking classes, that'll be okay, but hit or miss. Usually very focused. You'll learn a lot about a thing, but it's not going to give you a broad knowledge Mm -hmm. base like those other options would. Um, But you're also living in a time where there is a lot of information, which is the hard part, but there's a lot of information online. Uh, You know, places like the Wood Whisperer Guild. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to go hand tools, uh, my buddy Shannon's hand tool school is a great place to go, plus a lot of free stuff. Uh, out there. We have 15 years of content that if you watched all of that, you probably would have a pretty good knowledge base. Maybe not <laughs> practical application, uh, but you would have an idea of what the heck is going on in the wood shop. Uh, speaking of that content, yes, got a nice super chat. Did from... you add that to the broadcast? What? This. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Stan says... No, it's Philip. Philip Stanfill. I saw this. I saw his last name and said Stan. Uh, I love your videos and shows. Heck, I still go on Amazon and uh, watch some of your videos. Always learn something new. Keep it up. Well, thank you, Philip. I really appreciate that. And thank you for watching on Amazon. I'm trying to get our 15th season up, but um, Amazon has paused uh, the ability to do that right now. So yeah, they basically said we don't want crappy. Content. No, that's not what they we said. We don't want crap content on a... They don't want <laughs> outside... User-generated User-generated content. They want stuff through studios. Yes. The real deal. And it happens I'm with TiVo. Remember yeah. TiVo did that to us too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all... But there's the previous 14 years are still there. They look great. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best... If you want to find the best version of our videos, that is we'll the place there. to... To watch them. And there's professional closed captions on there as well. They chew us up and spit us out, Nicole. <laughs> Can I please just upload my 15th okay. season? <laughs> Last question here from Sean. Okay. Sean says, termites. Well, specifically subterranean termites. And that is what I found recently has impacted my garage and shop area. Sorry to hear that. That sucks. I couldn't help but have a moment of fear when I wondered if my lumber from the local supplier brought the pest into my house and shop. Luckily, the answer is no. So my question is, what do you do to prevent not only the introduction of pests from your supplier, but the introduction of pests from your area? Well, when people ask to come to my shop, I say no. Get it? Pests, pests from the area? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it's just a bad joke. It is a bad joke. <laughs> Ignorance is my excuse. And now not only does it look like $4,000 for the pest control company, but nearly fifteen grand in damage to my home, garage, and shop. 
Uh, for those who think they are immune, my home was built in 2007, purchased with a termite inspection in 2013. Get a termite pest inspection. It could save you a bunch of money for additional tools and equipment. You know, I don't really have a great answer to this because I don't usually worry about it. Mm -hmm. here. Uh, this was something I did think about a lot more in Arizona. Um, I don't know. We should probably uh, look into it. But yeah. I don't know that uh, termites are as big of a problem they were, in Colorado yeah, as they were in Arizona. In Arizona, it wasn't if you were going to get them. It was Yeah, when. that was the classic statement. It's not if the termites come. It's when they come. We did experience some termites. And let me tell you, when you're in your kid's bedroom mm -hmm. and you look up at the ceiling and you go, what is that thing hanging from the ceiling? Ugh. And it's a termite tunnel yeah. coming down from the ceiling. You know you're in trouble. <laughs> That's what we had. Yeah. That was fun. A lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, your advice is great. Get some termite inspections. If you're in an area that is particular, particularly prone to it, um, you know, hopefully you're not bringing it in from, um, mm -hmm. from, from the suppliers. The suppliers hopefully are getting good material and uh, keeping it in places where it's not going to, you know, bring in pests like that. But, man, sometimes it's luck of the draw. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't always tell that these things are there. You can inspect a board, but you may not see everything. Um, so you just, uh, maybe the chat has some better suggestions for us, but I don't have any, I don't have much, unfortunately. Oh, excuse me. Okay, I'm going to, the last one, uh, non-woodworking question. We do, by the way. We do an after show. There is an after show. <laughs> That's perfect after show fodder. And we do talk about barbecue a yeah. lot in the after show. After show is for um, subscribing members and people on Patreon who are at the $5 or higher no, level. No, 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 $2. $2 or higher level. Yeah. Uh, so Brian says, this will be my last question. Non-woodworking question. Rectech versus Traeger will be used mostly for longer smokes, brisket, and ribs. Okay, as a Rectech owner, I'm a little biased. Uh, but when I did my research and decided which brand I was going to go for, I spent a lot of time in a couple different barbecue groups, and I looked at how many people had repair problems and how many people had customer service issues. Um, and I found that the folks in the Rectech community were much more excited about their ownership of that smoker. Um, they seem to always have good stories about customer service. Uh, so overall, it just, you know, and also another fellow woodworker um, gave me the recommendation in the first place and, and said, you got to check these guys out. Um, so that, that was the brand I went with. I could not be happier. I could tell you I once posted a challenging like problem that I had, right? Mm -hmm. Remember that day was really cold mm -hmm. and I tried to start up the bullseye and it just wouldn't go. Right. So I posted it in um, in a group and it's not a rec tech uh, official group. I posted it in a group and then I saw my post was removed and I'm like, Oh, that's not good. You don't mm. you don't do that, do you? But then a couple hours later, I got a phone call from Rectech mm -hmm. asking me if they could help me troubleshoot this problem. Yeah, I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on and how that's happening, but <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah, right. So yeah, I, I at this point I would say Rectech over Traeger. There you go. That said, you can make some damn good barbecue with Any, a Traeger. Yeah. It is what it is. They have some funny commercials airing on radio right now too. Mm. With the Traeger rolling down the road. Yeah. Everybody chasing it. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. Why are they chasing it? They want to put food on it and eat it. I think that's the... They're trying to lose weight from all the barbecue they're eating. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Yes, thank For hanging you. out with us. We appreciate it, as always. And we will be back next Thursday with another fantastic show. Yep. And um, if you are a YouTube member at the $2 level or higher, you can head on over to the community tab on the Wood Whisperer YouTube page, and you'll find the link to the after show. If you are a Patreon supporter, I'm just going to put the link to Patreon, mm -hmm. uh, the Patreon That's post, and you can click on the link 
from the Patreon post. Yeah, and remember, at, uh, it is at the $5 level where you get the bonus content. Yes. Yep. Again, we're not flooding you with bonus content. I don't want to misrepresent what we do. Once in a while, you get a video. Maybe it's extended outtakes. Maybe it's just me showing something that's going mm -hmm. on in the shop. It yep. could be whatever. Uh, but it's just extra stuff, very informal. There's already stuff there. <clears throat> yeah, there's already stuff in, the, in the little library. Yeah, you can go and look at whatever you want. Yep, so go check it out. And uh, oh, okay, I think that's it, right? I, Jeff has a question, and I will see if I can show? find it. Sometimes I don't always see the questions. They're hard to see sometimes. <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next time. All righty.